Welcome, everybody, to the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast. Man, we have so much, so much to talk about here. There's been like a million things that have happened. We haven't been able to talk about any of them because, you know, things were still happening. So we didn't want to interrupt it as it was going on. But we have all three of us here. We're going to break down all the things that happened. I mean, we're looking at, like, we have a three-team trade here, the Hurricanes, Blue Jackets, Panthers. We have Marc-Andre Fleury going to the wild. we got things to break down, boys. I I think you're on the wrong sport, but I like your gusto. Yeah, I like where you're going with this. But we got, you know, all kinds of trades going on in the NFL, too. It's, uh, that's the real reason of why we had to wait so long. I mean, this has been, we actually had a completely different name, completely different title for this episode. We were going to, you know, cuss out Tom Brady with all his bullshit of returning. But that is completely overshadowed by every other move that has happened since then. It is, it's been absolutely wild. And I, I have no other words for it than that. Yeah, this has got to be the most active off season I can ever remember in NFL history. Not even kidding. This well, is wild. It's active in trades, but surprisingly inactive with a lot of the big names at some big positions in free agency. I know we'll get to that later, but it's a very intriguing offseason so far. Right. I mean, we're, we're, we're doing this Monday. There's still it's a, almost a week after free agency opens. There's still plenty of big names on the market. So before we get to all that stuff, we do have some other news items to hit on. Then we'll get all the trades, signings, all the big things happening. A little bit of news up front. So I guess let's go ahead and jump into it. Let's start with the NFL here, too. Um, compensatory picks have been announced. They've been awarded, I guess you could say. There have been 39 compensatory picks awarded this year. So the way they used to be done and the way 32 of this year's have been awarded is through the old free agency additions slash subtractions formula if you lose somebody and they get signed to a big contract somewhere else your team who lost that free agent gets a compensatory pick that was the entire idea behind them in the first place so most of them are through that system but there are seven awarded this year through the new special compensatory rule for minority coaches and executives being hired away from your organization a very, very interesting new wrinkle to things this year. In looking at how these broke out, I'm kind of surprised. And it, a lot of it has to come down from, from that special compensatory rule. I know at least one does from the 49ers. Uh, but five of them go into the 49ers and Rams. I feel like they've been signing people, not letting them walk. Yeah, I think actually three of the 49ers are the special compensatory. That checks. <laughs> I mean, it's... It's pretty wild. Uh, Cleveland, they did lose a few pieces. They also signed Jadavian Clowney, right? So they only get one compensatory pick this year. And next year, they'll start getting some more picks or losing one of their top executives to the Minnesota Vikings. So we're starting to see this start to come into effect. I want to throw this out here, too. We just talked about Cleveland briefly. We will talk about a lot of these big signings and trades later. We just want to hit kind of the right. the wave tops of the big news here. Don't worry. We know we know what happened. And <laughs> if you don't, well, then you're going to have to wait a little bit longer to find out. Stay tuned. <laughs> we have some other news we wanted to talk about, uh, including ESPN signing Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. ESPN hates football fans. 
disgusting. Yeah. It's absolutely disgusting. That has got to be the worst commentary duel I've ever heard of in my life. The Manning um, cast got a hundred times more popular. And that's all I'm going to say about this. Like, this is... Well, the Manning cast should be the full-time cast. You give me a bunch of announcers who look like they're at home just watching the game. So, uh, all for I, I, it. I will say this. I think they picked up on the popularity of the college football playoff in that aspect, and that's how the Manning cast was born. They just decided, oh, Peyton and Eli, like, they'll be fun to to have together. And they made the Manning cast, and it, it was such a popular format that I think kind of flew under the radar of all these head coaches that aren't having to worry about coaching right now. I know Mike Norvell was on it uh, his second to last year in Memphis, and – uh, it was very entertaining for me because the coach of Wake Forest, who he had just played against in a bowl game, like they were going back and forth about what this team is doing, what that team is doing. Yeah. So it it was entertaining watching that, you know, in the playoffs. And I can't believe it took ESPN like four or five years of them doing that in college football playoff to put it into the NFL. But it's been it's been beautifully executed with the Manning brothers. I'm curious to see if they're gonna you know try and bring any other colorful. Uh, quarterbacks or other player personalities in there as well so here's an idea that i really just had as you were talking about that all right so we'll see we'll see what you guys think i wonder if any of this has to do with the popularity of pat mcafee's show and the way he talks about sports and the kind of guests that he brings on and the just the way they discuss things on there i mean it, it feels a lot more pat mcafee show-esque than traditional broadcast-esque that's fair. And I like I said, I enjoy it. It's right. It's overall a better product. Well, Joe Buck and Troy Hickman is not. The Manning cast. No, that's is. not yeah, it's fast. <laughs> but it was really fascinating to see that apparently Joe Buck was still on contract with Fox. And so ESPN basically made a trade for Joe Buck, uh, where they gave up one of the early season rights to a Big Ten game. So I guess, wow! I guess uh, Ohio State Notre Dame is going to be on Fox Big Noon Kickoff this year now, thanks to ESPN giving up one of their early voting rights. That's who they can broadcast. That's awesome for you. I know I'm very excited about that one. Leave and me alone, uh, ESPN, Mark, I guess you got here a little bit late, but we will get to. Uh... All the signings and trades, releases that all these teams have done. We'll get to those later in the show. Uh, hitting the hitting the wave tops of the NFL news, uh, and then we're going to move on to a couple other a uh, couple other areas of football news before we get into that. That is going to be the meat and potatoes of our show, though. Yeah, but actually, right now, let's go ahead and jump into some spring league type Hold news. On. Before let's... we get there, okay. I, just because we mentioned it in passing, but guys, the evil emperor himself is back, and I'm not okay with this. I was celebrating. The ending of we're getting there. We're, we're getting, getting there. there. It's probably going to take a good a good chunk of this uh, this signing yeah. portion. I feel like. I mean, we're going to talk about all the quarterback moves in a minute. I didn't know we put it let's, down there. Let's let's keep it light up top. Let's just keep it keep it rolling. Let's keep it happy. No, keep it happy. <laughs> Spring league news. What do you got, Bug? Yeah. So uh, you know the NFL supplemental draft happened, or USFL NFL. Jesus, USFL <laughs> supplemental draft happened. Uh, it flew very under the radar, even to me, who had been kind of following the USFL and all their draft processes uh, up to this point. And I started seeing stuff flow in, and I was like, is Twitter broken? I thought the same thing. I was like, why are they retweeting their own draft picks? 
Yeah, and so uh, when I went and actually looked, and I didn't recognize anything, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is a supplemental draft." Um, it happened. It was a it was a real thing that happened, and it, we talked about previously how a lot of teams didn't have a kicker or a punter. Like special teams players were kind of lacking, I guess, and that was addressed largely in the supplemental draft. I think a lot of these teams, you know, they wanted to to get that extra running back, get that extra tight end, whatever, or extra lineman, I think was a, was a big area where people spent, uh, you know, dropped a, a, a special teams pick and went up to, you know, the lineman area. So a lot of teams were able to fill out their special teams that way, but I think they wanted to make sure they got their guys uh, in earlier rounds at positions they cared more about. And I think it was a great strategy because the supplemental draft was literally 10 rounds, pick the guys you want. And, uh, they will be the practice squad, so to speak. It's the roster limits for the USFL. We've talked about it previously. It's it's very lean rosters, right? You only have 10 guys on your practice squad. Your active roster is in the 40s. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how all this works out. And, you know, obviously getting a little bit further ahead. When the XFL does come back next year, it's going to be even more interesting to see the talent disparity between the two different leagues, one that's been established for a year and one that's coming in new. So it's it's something we're going to have to keep an eye on. That's it for the USFL, though. They're starting April 16th. No word on any type of preseason or anything like that. The FCF, however, also starting on April 16th and you know, doesn't really lend itself to a preseason. Uh, they are still finalizing jerseys for their four new teams, as well as uh, the recently renamed Wild Aces, then Team X, and now the Should Have Been Stars. Uh, they have their jersey vote going on currently. However, the NF teams, all their jerseys are now available. Uh, they've been picked. You can go check them out on fcf.io. I didn't pull up a picture for them today. Sorry about that. Uh, and as far as the jersey vote for the should have been stars goes, it's already happened, which is a little bit unfortunate because there are a couple of them that were better than others. I can't say I hate the logo and the color, you know, color choices, color palette. They're kind of gone with there. Can say uh, I hate the name. Yeah, facts. I 100% hate the name. The yeah. logo is fire. It's literally a skull that's on fire with a star in front of it. Uh, which you have to see it. It looks. It honestly looks pretty cool, and I might not have done the best uh, best job of describing it. But I don't hate the logo. I just hate the name. I mean, I hate most of the names they have going on here. NFT I mean, that's, that's fair. Stars. I mean, I mean, the FTF to be has fair, enough product and it's different enough that it's it's okay. To be fair, though, I think the NF teams was equal parts being cute with the fact that you had to be an NFT owner to be associated with the team and, uh, you know, just play on words there. So I can't hate it too much. Speaking of, and I, I understand. Speaking of NFTs, uh, there are still a ton of ballers, the FCF NFT. Uh, there's still a ton available to mint. Most of them for the uh, Board 8 Yacht Club team can't remember it off the top of my head give me a couple more weeks and i'll have these all down pat but most of those are gone makes sense board at yacht club is one of the hottest nfts out there right now however gutter cats teammate Oki, uh and the uh, knights of dgen their ballers are still available in mass so if you want to figure out how to do all that with the blockchain and ethereum like i don't 
fully understand it. I have a loose understanding of it. I will say that. Uh, but that is the only way that you can be both a fan and owner. Whereas last year, you know, you had to pay in to be an owner of any of the original four teams, but being a fan was free. Uh, all of that is encompassed with your purchase of that specific team's ballers uh, for the NF teams this year. So don't miss out on this opportunity. I wow. don't know that they'll be reminting anything next year, and you'll have to buy it on the secondary market, which depending on that's how hot they get, you make your money. it's gonna yeah. That's how these guys get rich off NFTs. That's why Steve Aoki doesn't make music anymore. He just flips NFTs. So uh, hey, works out. He got into the SCF. So you know, right, right. I mean, good for the FCF, I guess. <laughs> I ain't that is many NFTs. That is all I have for non-NFL pro news, and I hope this college news isn't too long because holy shit, we have a lot of stuff to talk about here. Yeah, it won't be that long. It's a couple of quick hitters. Uh, Charlie Strong's back. Love to see it. He's back in Florida, too. Uh, Not with the Gators, though, with the Hurricanes. Co-defensive coordinator down in Miami. So, you know, good to see him back. Also, uh, Penn State, their athletic director, is retiring. No replacement has been announced. But Sandy Barber is gone now. Um, she really led them out of the very bad mess that they were in. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, good for her. That name name brand really hasn't been tarnished as much as I think it should have been. And that's probably in part due to how great of a leader she has been for Penn State. So, you know. Good to see that she's going out on her own terms and be interesting to see who they can bring in to replace her. Um, not sure how much that's really going to affect the team. Sandy Barber was able to sign James Franklin to a huge extension just last fall. So at least for right now, the football team should be intact. For now. For now, yeah. For now. And that's all I got, college news. See, very short. Very, very nice. Very appropriate because because uh, all the news as title su- NFL. <laughs> as the title suggests, show me your moves, baby. This offseason has been insane. Coupled with March Madness, coupled with the NHL trade deadline, it's been a very wild weekend in sports movements, bets, transactions, what you know, like everything sports related. It's been crazy. And, uh, Man, Twitter has been killing my phone battery with updates. (laughs) Yeah, so we have all sorts of things to talk about. I don't even really know where to start. Um, I guess guess let's start with the retirement because big dude in the trenches. We got to talk about Andrew Whitworth. And this feels like it's been a week and a half ago, which it probably was at this point. So we haven't talked about it yet. So... Now, Andrew Whitworth has been one of the, I mean, he's been right around the Pro Bowl conversation basically every year he's been a starter. Um, really only made the Pro Bowl a couple of years, though, four years. Two first-team All-Pro selections, one second-team All-Pro selection. Uh, most of his time was with the Cincinnati Bengals, where he was drafted out of in 2006, and moved to L.A. Rams in 2017. Um, I didn't even realize they were in L.A. that early 2017. That feels like 
too long ago for them to have been in L.A. already. Right. But also, he went to the L.A. Rams in 2017 and really seemed to get better with age somehow. So now as a 40-year-old left tackle, he is retiring, going out on top with a 2021 Walter Payton Man of the Year award and a Super Bowl ring in this season. It was really beautiful too. Uh, NFL Films, I think. I, that's who mm-hmm. I assume caught this. Yeah. But they were able to capture him and his kids on the field, got them all circled up, and he said, "Hey, that was Daddy's last football game. You know, I'm gonna be home, be a better dad." Guy's been grinding his whole career. He goes out on top, not just on the field but off the field, winning the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Um, yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be gonna be fantastic. So, props to him. You know, man. Happy retirement to Andrew uh, Whitworth here. It's amazing career, amazing, amazing run. I am just shocked with today's media that it took as long as it did for that clip to get out there and for this announcement to come. That it, that's the only thing. Like if if Tom Brady had won and gathered his kids up and said it, it'd have been out there like that. But because it was a lineman, nobody cares that much, right? I mean, it's 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 a hard truth, but that's well, I mean that's I, the fact of the matter. I would like to think that it was like a classy move on NFL Films' part. Agreed. Where they just waited for his announcement. Yeah, I, I that's what I it's like. It's because to he's a lineman. But probably. I just like I said. I, either way, I'm shocked that it took that long. I'm okay with it. I'm, don't get me wrong. It's just right. Um. So I'm all for allowing you to believe what you want to believe. I have no issue with that. <laughs> So the question that we like to ask around this time is, was he a Hall of Famer? And the Pro Football Hall of Fame did put out on Instagram when he announced his retirement, hey, he's first eligible, class of 2027. Okay, so that kind of tells you how the Hall of Fame is leaning, I guess. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, it's kind of worth asking here, is Andrew Whitworth actually a Hall of Fame player? I think when you break it down, especially now with the unretirement that I'm still pissed at, um, the 2027 class I really, really don't think is as deep as we thought it would be. I, I remember saying a few weeks back that hey, it's gonna be a deep class. We we're talking about a potential Aaron Donald retirement. We were talking about Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, all those guys retiring. Now, when you look at who's retired out of this year and who's in that class, it's just Ben Roethlisberger and. Andrew Whitworth as as your big name guys. Ben Roethlisberger retiring feels like it's been seven months ago. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, well, that's because we all knew going into the season. Fair. I I say yes when you look at what he's done on the field with the Bengals going through the the tough times that they were with the Rams, ending with a Walter Payton Man of the Year, ending with a Super Bowl ring. You go out on top like that. I'm a go ahead say yeah he. He put it put it all together. It was a class act on and off the field. He's a Hall of Famer to me. I mean, Fitz, Fitz officially would be part of this class as well, right? Because he didn't retire until after the season had started, too. Correct. True. Uh, True. Okay. He's on there. Did Richard Sherman retire? No. Okay. He he might he might be about the only other person that I could see retiring out of this. Um. Yeah. So I, he's got a whole, and part of that might just be due to some of the other issues he's got going on. So that's, 
again, kind of touchy, but I think on the field wise, you got four strong candidates out of this class, assuming uh, Richard Sherman ends up in that class as well. So we're just going to have to wait and see as far as Andrew Whitworth goes, his final season definitely made a very strong case for him. I think that's the safest, most realistic, honest thing to say about all this. Oh, maybe I think Richard Sherman did retire officially. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that all field stuff is, uh, coming around yeah, to get him. A little bit rough. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. we'll see. I don't feel like he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. If he is, it's going to be tight, but yeah. I think he has a, he has a decent shot. He's got a good resume. He's got a good resume for sure. And he certainly was a good left tackle. So, love to see it. Um, we've had so many releases, so many restructures, so many different kind of cap maneuvers that it, I don't even know if we want to talk about all of them. I mean, like Fletcher Cox getting cut and then instantly re-signed to basically just be a pay cut. Hold on. He was yeah. cut in the future. They said, hey, we're going to cut right. you on June 1st. Right. So he re-signed a new contract. Like, so technically, I guess he's under the contract with the Eagles twice until June? Kind of. I guess. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Dallas cut Loyal Collins and he signed with the Bengals. So, I mean, he's technically a Cowboy until June 1, and then he'll be a Bengal after that, so, I guess. <laughs> so to explain it, I there's a bunch of different things in the NFL with the salary cap. One of the things is designating somebody for a cut after June 1. It, it deals with the, the dead money and things like that. I don't like that I can designate you for cut post-June 1, and then you're just a free agent. Like, I get it, but I don't like that because you're not cut yet. You still belong to a team. Hey, hey, Tug. You know why Bro, if you like say that? mute yourself. Because the cap's not fucking real. And it does not matter. You're right, but this also, is, please stop. But this is, like, <laughs> foolproof. It is so flexible, so fluid. I mean, fuck it. Let's start with signings. We can talk about trades here in a minute. Devontae Adams, for example, well, how backloaded that contract is, is... Re- <laughs> it's tr- no, he was an unrestricted free agent because he no, got no. tagged and didn't want to do it. That do- Yeah, that doesn't mean the Packers still own your rights. And he was, he was traded. It was a... Uh, the first a and the second round pick. Yep. So. Fucking retarded. Either way, <laughs> the way that teams are able to just backload contracts like this, and he, yeah, any money he makes after year three is gravy because he only got like twenty seven million guaranteed, and he's got eighty million in his last two years split up evenly there. Like obviously, I think the Raiders did that for a couple of reasons. The first one is. There's no way they expect him to have the same performance or improved performance in years four and five of his deal. Right. Two, the cap is, and you know, knock on wood here, but without another pandemic, the cap is not going to go back down the way that we saw in 2020, right? So they're banking on it's really not going to be that big of a factor. Maybe we can ship him anyway. There's a whole bunch of stuff playing into it it's because you can play games with the cap because the cap doesn't matter. See, what you're bringing up as your evidence of the cap doesn't matter, I disagree because backloading a contract, expecting it to go up, that's playing into the cap's game, right? 
yeah, sure. You're just paying a dude the money he wants to see. You're putting it on a contract so he looks happy. That's why a lot of these players get pissed at the end of having a stellar season. They're not a guaranteed money. That's why they get pissed. I, I That is part of the cap. That is part of the game. What I don't like is this post-June 1 stuff. And that lends itself more to the cap is fake than anything else. Because now, technically, there are two teams because he has not been cut yet. And if they're going to tell me they're cutting him now, then cut him now. Don't designate it for post-June 1. That's where my issue comes into. That's taking it beyond what the cap should be and making it unnecessarily complicated. If you're going to cut him post-June 1, they are on your roster until June 1. That's just the way I interpret it, and it makes it simple. That's what I'm driving at. But backloading contracts, that's a risk you take, and you saw what happened with the Saints, and that's why they're still in as much crap as they are is because they've backloaded everybody. And yeah, but then to Ben's out. point, right, all that really happened with the Saints is they converted it all to signing bonus, and so they Again, gave that, everybody their money up front. In that stuff, I don't, I don't agree with either. Like, once – if you have a signing bonus, you shouldn't be able to change it after the fact. Like – there are things that are broken with the cap that I think we need to fix that would encourage the owners, even the players, to think a little bit more before they sign a contract. Get rid of the tag. Just utterly get rid of both tags. Signing bonuses are signing bonuses. You can't do it. Like, you can't change it halfway down to say, haha, it doesn't count against my salary cap. I'd argue signing bonuses should count against your salary cap. As it is, you're still money, you're paying the player. That is still a salary, even if it is a bonus. I mean... It gets taxed as a salary all the same way. I kind of get what you're saying. At the same time, that's definitely not how that's going to work. I know. I know. And it is what it is. I mean... (laughs) Right. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) I don't know. It's a... There are... And this this is more my point. There are too many loopholes as far as the cap goes. Why would I ever care to worry about it? Because the team is all like they they've made the cap such a, a legal uh, cesspool. Fuck it, they made it a legal cesspool to the point where there is always an out. You are never locked into any one thing, right? And this is you know, I mean, you can look at any any number of things, whether it's converting money into a signing bonus or backloading a contract and not even guaranteeing it. Like there's. There's so much legal shit involved with the cap that really you can see whatever you want. It doesn't mean a ton, in my this opinion. Is, this is why I like the way the NHL does it to a degree, because you can't just release a player if they have money left on their contract. You have to buy them out, right? So you pay the remainder of that contract up front, and you go on your merry way. Which is why these spring leagues if they ever become affiliates are, is really going to change the game because you also have the the two two-way contracts one rate contracts and all that shit where guys can yep. and can't move up and down yep the nfl has college football right so guys are making all this money as college players now maybe going out of college your first year of eligibility for the draft isn't the best idea anymore you know i don't know it's this is kind of getting away from what we were talking about but it's it's all all the money side of the nfl is disgusting like it makes no sense there's no as much as people want to talk about there being order there isn't any right right so right the points are fake and the everything's made up and the points don't matter 
Right, exactly. So let's talk about the signings. Years and money is they are what they are. Some of it's guaranteed, some of it's not. Some of it's made in order to make the total numbers look good. Some of it's just uh, it's all fugazi. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about this the signings that happened. Um, we're gonna focus our energy on like a couple a piece. But before we do that, I, I would say let's even talk about some of the huge name deals that we kind of, you know, have to talk about. Uh, Von Miller, the Buffalo Bills, for six years, $120 million. Chandler Jones to the Raiders. Uh, Randy Gregory to the Broncos. I mean, that's that's a huge one, too. Marcus Williams to Baltimore. I mean, we're talking about some serious money getting handed out to these guys. Uh, Michael Gallup. Staying in Dallas for five years, uh, almost $60 million. I mean, Teddy mm. Bridgewater, the new starter in Miami, probably. Uh, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't, we haven't even talked about some of the trades that, you know, kind of lend, lend to why Michael Gallup was the big resigning in, uh, in I mean, Dallas, right? Right, but Allen Robinson to the Rams. I mean, we're looking at some of these huge signings here. It's just uh, – what a, what a wild free agency already. Christian Kirk getting way overpaid, but is what I guess. Jackson I guess. Was, so, I guess speaking of the Rams, you know, obviously, uh, obviously OBJ he hasn't been signed anywhere. He tore his a kid, right. or tore his ACL. Who do you think is going to take that risk? Right. I don't think anybody's going to take it until mid. He's going to be a mid season. I need a wide receiver pickup. If if you ask me right now, because you don't know what you're getting. Right, You don't know how long he's going to be healing. I'm not going to start throw, shelling out guaranteed money right now. But when it comes to the season, he goes, hey, look, I'm good. Comes in for a workout. I think he's going to be a midseason signing. Keep that in mind for later. We got some other things to talk about before we get to my point there. Um, let's talk about some of these other big signings. What were a couple that you really enjoyed, Tug? What was your favorite signings? My favorite are just other big names. Um I mean, we haven't talked about J.C. Jackson yet. I mean, that's a huge yeah. thing. Yeah, right? now, honestly, I and he's probably one of my – he is one of my top three. I'm probably putting him at, at number two in there. The only reason he's at number two for me is because of one of the other moves there. Um, man, five years, $82.5 million. This man can ball out. I am shocked the Patriots let him go, but this is 100% Bill Belichick's MO. Like, this is what he does. Right, he I don't know why you're people. shocked. You've been watching him do that yeah. in your division for 20 years. I, I know, I know. It's still <laughs> frustrating. Um, but you pair this with the acquisition of, you know, maybe uh, Khalil Mack. Um, that defense is scary. Uh, we're going to get into how the how loaded the AFC West is, but or the AFC in general is loaded this year. Uh, but J.C. Jackson going to be a shutdown corner for him. That's absolutely fantastic. They had some issues with pass defense last year. I think that this is going to help fix a lot of those issues. I mean, another huge one that, I mean, I'm stealing your thunder a little bit. You have this one highlighted, but Emmanuel Agba, what a big, big re-sign for the Dolphins. Dude, I came into the offseason, and I think, I don't know if it was with both of you, if it was just with you, Duggar, and my other group, group chat I have with some friends. I had two must-dos for Miami going into this offseason. Keep Gusecki and keep Agba. They did both. 
I was ecstatic when I saw this. Literally 10 minutes before free agency, the, the legal tampering window, they inked this deal. That was fantastic to see. My biggest needs for the Dolphins were they legitimately do need another quarterback in that room because two against hurt. I, and they need I'm glad couple, you said another. And they so, need a couple of running backs. And they signed a couple of running backs. And they got Teddy Bridgewater, who's a legitimate, you can start some games if he has to, kind of a guy. Also so kind of injury prone. I mean, <laughs> right. But still, <laughs> still, I think the Dolphins did very well this offseason. And I know uh, you... Th- so currently, they actually do have Taron Armstead. Armstead. I can't say ARs. I'm from New England. It doesn't work. Uh, they have Taron Armstead in the building as we speak. Rumors are they don't want to let him leave the building, which I would I expect. Mean, right. Um, and the reason, so I, I found this kind of funny. The reason that they didn't have him visit last week, it was rainy in Miami. They bring him in this week, and it's sunny in 76, and the tweets are coming out like, I wouldn't be surprised if he lands and starts – home start like house shopping on the way to the facility like uh but no the biggest move honestly probably one of my favorite moves and this is now part of a group of moves just when we put these notes it was only one the Bengals getting alex kappa finally protecting joe burrow i know we're going to get into this later i absolutely love this it's a solid deal and a solid solid way to start free agency for the Bengals. i mean let's go ahead and talk about the other signings of the Bengals. there uh, we're also talking about ted karras and Lyle Collins now basically getting two guards and a right tackle, which, wow, that's pretty big moves. For a free agent signing class, that's pretty big. With the ability to grow on the outside in the draft. And there were a lot of questions about this offensive line and a lot of issues with Could they protect Joe Burrow? And it didn't really surface in the Super Bowl, which was kind of weird. Sticking out in their minds, we need to make sure we get Joe Burrow that protection so that the next time we're here, because I do expect them to be back, but the next time we're here, the moment won't be too big. There won't be any pressure, and Joe Burrow is going to get us a Super Bowl championship. I mean... You got to get there first. Right. It's bold plan. And this offensive line is certainly a way to do it, right? Nobody thought they would get there this year. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. I certainly didn't. Anyway, (laughs) some other big signings along the offensive line that we haven't touched on yet. Uh, Jake Matthews getting a huge extension with the Atlanta Falcons. Three years, $55 million. Man, he's not even talked about as one of the best left tackles in the NFL even though he's certainly getting paid like it right now. Um, Brandon Scherf going down to Jacksonville, another huge signing for them. Another $50 million for three years. Uh, yeah, he's pretty good when he's on the field. So we'll see We'll see how that one turns out. But, wow, a lot of money being handed out along the offensive line, not just by the Bengals. I mean, Tampa Bay giving Ryan Jensen $40 million. Uh, Roger Saffold going up to... Where did he go? The New York Jets, I believe. No, nah, I think he went to Buffalo. Yeah, you're right. I remember the division and not the team. You even remember well, the state. Well, kind of remember the state. Yeah, they don't count. They're the New Jersey Jets and the New Jersey Giants. 
still interested to see where that uh, where that uh, lawsuit goes. Man, probably nowhere, but it's fun to think about. <laughs> uh, some other big signings, one that I really wanted to talk about here, Hassan Reddick going to the Philadelphia Eagles. Really their only huge move in free agency, other than cutting and re-signing Fletcher Cox, and then basically releasing and re-signing Tra- uh, Jason Kelsey. Uh, Hassan Reddick, going to the Eagles, three years, $45 million. They certainly needed some edge rush help, and Hassan Reddick has been putting together some very impressive seasons these last two years, getting himself a multi-year deal finally. Uh, That's a fantastic deal, and you're entirely right. Now Fletcher Cox has somebody who can actually rush away from him, so it's not just all double-teaming him, because if you double-team Fletcher Cox, now you're going to get Hassan Reddick in your face all day. Yeah, and uh, a couple of middle linebacker moves I thought very interesting here. Number one, I did not expect Jacksonville to cut Miles Jack, but to see him get picked up so quickly is not a surprise at all. Going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow, yeah, that's a good fit, right? Uh, Talking about scheme fits, seeing how Devondre Campbell's career was completely reinvigorated by going up to Green Bay was really incredible. Basically signed for a vet man last year yep. and was first team all pro. So he gets five years, 50 million from Green Bay. Wow. Uh, this is probably one of the best examples, at least recently, that we have of scheme fit just mattering so much. All these guys in the NFL are very talented. They have to be to get here. Get them in the right scheme. Let them go to work. Yeah. <laughs> no, Just, wow. Multi-year, multi-million dollar contract. That's how you take a prove-it contract and prove it, which is what, what that was. I mean, But I don't think that's your favorite. I don't think that's your favorite move so far. I think the other one is definitely your favorite move. Well, my other of the top three. We, we each identified No, no, favorite. Your absolute favorite. We each identified three favorite moves, and I saved my top one for last. You didn't let me finish talking. Just want to make sure. Young Way hey. freaking coup. Young hey guys. Way coup. Welcome back. <laughs> Gotta love this uh, this hotel internet. Young Way coup. Going back to the Atlanta Falcons. $5 million a year for five years. That is wild. Um... That's a lot of money to be given to a kicker. That's the kind of money you get when you don't miss. And he doesn't <laughs> miss often. I this, am so happy for this dude. He bring got, it, like, go ahead. Bring it back to the uh, you know all the spring league talk, man. He right. he came. He's a product of the AAF. You know, by far the the least successful, in my opinion, right. And he's making moves in the NFL. Love to see it. So, oh, dude. Let's keep moving on here. Uh, I know, well, you had a couple of signings you had highlighted as well. Uh, Lake and Tomlinson, yeah, another big dude in the trenches we hadn't talked about yet. That's the guy going to the Jets. Three years, $40 million. You know, I keep sprinkling in some signings here and there. Justin Reed to the Chiefs. Tyron Matthews still a free agent. Oh, my gosh. I mean, speaking. Come on. Speaking of the Jets, by the way, 
CJ Uzama, right? He's signing with the Jets. He's a guy that's been hot or cold, I guess you want to say. I guess you could throw that throw that term out there with the Bengals this past year. And he, when he's hot, he was winning people fantasy games by himself from the tight end position. It was right. insane what he was able to do. And I know Zach Wilson is going to love having that help in the offense there in the passing game. And, you know, for that matter, blocking. Uh, another guy I wanted to highlight, Cardell Patterson, Cordell Patterson. Resigning with the Falcons, he's really found his spot, his role on an NFL roster outside of just being a returner. So I love to see that finally he's on a team that appreciates him has more than that. When he's with the Patriots, the Vikings, the Bears, the Bears kind of, you know, put him in spots in the backfield and a couple sets in the slot and out wide, just kind of out of necessity. But the Falcons saw enough of it that they were able to then go and say, hey, um, you're going to be a regular back for us. And to see him getting a two-year deal out of it, that's just awesome. I also want to go back. Uh, Devonta Adams was kind of the other signing I want to talk about. And obviously, I want to talk the Bears. We had somebody in here earlier that wanted me to talk about the Bears. So uh, I'm going to run through all of their signings real quick. Justin Jones, defensive tackle. Byron Pringle, wide receiver. Uh, the St. Brown that was playing for the Packers, Aquamius. Did I, did I nail it or did I fuck that one up? Uh, what? Equinemius. I ain't kidding. St. Brown. Uh, yep. <laughs> Al Muhammad, defensive end, Nicholas Barrow, linebacker, and Lucas Patrick at center. Uh, there have been, I think, one or two other signings that maybe I missed. I know they signed a, a long snapper. Larry Ogunjobi, of course, was going to be signed and then failed yeah, his physical. So for that. I was too. I, I'm glad they were able to get Justin Jones and right. Muhammad uh, because both of those guys fill needs, right? We'll, we'll talk about some of the releases later, but especially looking at the Bears. <clears throat> looking at the Bears. We mentioned already Khalil Mack is in uh, – he's in – I want to say San Diego. He's in L.A. playing for the Chargers now, and – that is huge. The other thing you got to realize, though, is that Akeem Hicks, he was kind of on rocky water or, on, you know, whatever, whatever the term is, kind of rocky. Eddie Goldman is out. Justin Jones is in. They're not spending as much money anywhere on the field. Maybe they're going to be able to sign, keep Akeem Hicks. Who knows? And Muhammad especially, he's not only going to fill that role that is left by Mac, but he played for Matt Eberflus in Indianapolis, he's going to be looked at as a leader, knowing the defense and just knowing how the coach ticks, right? All I can say is all, you know, the additions, I'm not mad about any of them. The subtractions are more looking like they're looking to retain some of the bigger names that they do still have. Uh, and these were guys they were willing to let go. And I don't know if you guys want to go into – cuts and releases next or if you want to look specifically at trades i know we've touched on a couple trades already uh or you know maybe you want to do a breakdown of all the guys we didn't spend a whole lot of time talking about as well before we get there we have kentucky colonel and, and ghost talking out here having a fight on twitch about the best kicker in the league i feel like we need to address this guys one way too <laughs> i I, I would still maintain I do not understand for the life of me 
why Chicago let Robbie Gold go, because he hasn't gotten worse at all. He's arguably gotten better the longer he's been in the league. Um, I think Young Wei Koo is going to be the best kicker in the league eventually. I mean, Robbie Gold has real, a body of work. The real answer right now is Justin Tucker. Yeah, that's real. also true. But you can't go wrong with one of those three guys. I don't know. Getting three onside kicks in a row against Dallas to come back and win. It's It was Dallas. All right, let's calm that, down a little bit. It was Dallas. It, but Falcons also, coming back. <laughs> but also it was Dallas. That, but it was the Falcons that, coming back. They didn't that kind of performance that gets you a $25 million contract as a kicker. So That's fair. <laughs> A um, couple other huge signings to talk about. Connor Williams going to the Dolphins. That entire Dallas Cowboys offensive line basically crumbled now at this point. All of them going on elsewhere or getting injured. So, rough to see if you're a Cowboys fan. Uh, you know, profit for the Dolphins. That's rough cool. to see if you're Dak. Right. Right. Uh, Quandre Diggs getting way more money than I think he's worth in Seattle. 40 mil for three years. It's cool. Good job. B.J. Hill going back to the Bengals, though. I like that move. Uh, 10 mil a year, three years there. Uh, Joseph Noboom is your presumptive new starter at left tackle for the Rams. Three years, 40 million. Uh, definitely a downgrade from Andrew Whitworth, though. Let's see how he holds up to that kind of money. But that's an upgrade in the name department. Uh, Noboom, it's fine. It works. I mean, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Demarcus Lawrence is back with the Cowboys. Three years, $40 million. Uh, Austin Corbett, one of the Panthers. Uh, very, I don't even really know what to say about Austin Corbett. He's been, he's been very serviceable. <laughs> the world's okayest. Yeah, the world's okayest offensive lineman at multiple positions. Uh, Preston Smith back in Green Bay. Huge re-sign there, $52 million over four years. Um, I mean, Zach Ertz got paid over $10 million a year for him out in Arizona. Zach what Ertz a wild, got overpaid. What a wild offseason this has been. So I don't want to yeah. spend any time on all these cuts. Um, I mean, we really want to spend time talking about Brian Bulaga. I mean, duties retire. We, The Chargers know this, too. So that's why they cut him. <laughs> he was still in the league? Yeah. Right. So, and, and, again, since somebody asked about the Bears, Eddie Goldman's the only one that, like, hey, he didn't really perform up to the level that maybe the Bears would have wanted him to. Yeah. Tariq Cohen should have never been re-signed. He was re-signed when he was injured, and you saw Allen Robinson begging for a deal. And then Danny Trevathan, again, injury problems. It makes sense. I, I don't know. I will say the one cut that surprises me, honestly, is Johnny Hecker. That man can still boot at the entire field. Right. Yes. But I agree. we have that kicker out of San Diego State this year. Rams coming in near the end of the draft. That makes a lot of sense to me right now. Yeah, I love Ariza. He's one of the best punters I've ever seen in college football. That dude is he can legitimately boot at 75, 80 yards whenever yeah. he feels like it. It's unreal. I but knew for, upgraded Greg the leg. Yeah. <laughs> but for a lot of these guys, I think 
a good chunk of them have actually already re-signed. Like, Zadarius Smith's down in Baltimore now. No, he's um, not. They, oh, they, they nixed the, Oh, that's right. That. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, J.C. Treader, president of the NFLPA, is a free agent. Uh, Jarvis Landry still a free agent. Austin hey, Hooper did get picked up by the Titans. Hint, hint, Miami at both of those former Browns. Jarvis Landry coming back to Miami? I'm telling you, man. I would love it. Interesting. Certainly. Um, yeah, Miles Jack's already been picked up, but Carl Nassib's on the market. Um, I mean, it, it makes sense when you look at the, some of the signings the Raiders made, but at the same time, the fact that he hasn't been picked up, he's been a great right. – he was a great rotational piece for him, right? He's right. not going to be your guy that's making all the highlight plays, but he will make plays when your guys need a blow, right? I, I think the issue there is when you look at especially at this defensive line class, and we're getting into something that we're going to cover a little bit later – this defensive line draft class, you have plenty of rotational pieces out there. That's why a lot of these big names are still in free agent are still free agents right now. Is the draft class at pretty much every position except quarterback is super deep for like no reason. Yeah, so we'll talk about that again in a second. Keep that in mind. I'm sorry. I, I do want to use the. Uh... The Carl Nassib here to transition to another Raiders defensive lineman who has moved. Let's talk about some trades here. Um, yeah, Yannick Ngakwe straight up for Rocky Asin. Makes sense for both teams. Like the move. A couple of other real simple ones. We'll keep it short here. Chase Winovich straight up for Mac Wilson. Makes some sense. Both teams kind of needed the different positions. Uh, two young promising talents. Kind of a straight up deal. Shaq Mason going to Tampa Bay for a fifth-round pick. Pretty simple, straightforward. Robert Woods going to the Titans for a sixth-round pick next year. Uh, Pretty simple, straightforward, like the moves. Um, Then we have some big moves to talk about. (laughs) So, any comments on those before we get to the the unreal trades? I feel like Yannick Ngakwe is indirectly attempting to complete the 32 team challenge. I feel like he's been moved a lot in his time. You know, we, we talked about uh, Carson Wentz, third team in three years. This is Yannick Ngakwe's third team in three years as well. I think it's his fifth team in four years. Yeah. That's (laughs) yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely wild. And the thing is, he's still good too. It's not like he's a bad defensive end. So, Hopefully he sticks with Colts. I'm sure he would like not having to move every offseason. I just want to throw this out here. We've already talked about Devontae Adams. If we're going to move on here, uh, I I think we go back to the terms of this trade. Yeah. Yeah, so Las Vegas had to give Green Bay a first and a second round pick this year to get Devontae Adams. I mean, sounds pretty reasonable for the best wide receiver in football, honestly. I think what's more amazing to me is I don't see Green Bay taking a wide receiver with either of their first picks, or either of their first round picks. They'll probably wait to the second round because this is such a deep class at wide receiver, and I just can't wait for the meltdown that comes. That would be hilarious, and also I would they definitely I would should take a receiver in the first round this year, but they probably won't. You're right; they probably won't. They <laughs> no, they're gonna they're gonna I mean, take uh, take Kyle Pitts, not Kyle Pitts. Uh, Oh, wow, that'd be really Kenny difficult Pickett? to do. 
Yeah, that one. Kenny Pickett. They're going to take Kenny Pickett and, and cut. I saw Jordan the wheels Love. turning. Trade Gordon uh, Love with the Panthers. And just... <laughs> I will, I will yeah, also offer cut. up here. I'll also offer up here that Devontae Adams missed seven games that Aaron Rodgers quarterbacked. And in those seven games, the Packers were 7-0. and So I'm sure Green Bay fans are too dumb to realize that, and they're still going to bitch when they don't pick a wide receiver with at least one, if not both, of their first-round picks. Right. Um, but I unfortunately think as long as Aaron Rodgers is there, the Packers will be just fine no matter who's catching the ball. I think what Packers fans really want is a name that they recognize and a number that looks cool to wear on a jersey that they can buy. So, that with that stupid like fucking cheese on their head. <laughs> yes, it does sound like most fans. You are correct, Doug. Thank okay. you. Cool. Speaking of switch, let's go to the Dallas Cowboys and Cleveland Browns trade. Amari Cooper headed to Cleveland. Oof, last time they traded for a big-time receiver, that didn't work out too well. Uh, let's try it again with Amari Cooper. Yeah. Who has and... had diminishing returns in the past three right. years. Dope. Well, it, the amount of memes that came out that have not aged well about, hey, everyone pray for Amari Cooper. Nothing happened. He just has to catch balls from Baker Mayfield. Nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Cleveland was just like, no. Like. <laughs> Well, 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 technically, Baker's still there, so we'll get to what's going on in, in the quarterback yeah. position here in a minute because there's another Cleveland trade we got to talk about first. Cleveland's front office is pissing people off, by the way. What other Cleveland trade? Are you talking about Chase Winovich, Mac Wilson? We already talked no. about yeah, I am. No. We already talked about it a little bit. You had your chance. Unless you want to add something new. I got nothing else. I just wanted to build right. the suspense on this uh, All right. blockbuster well, trade that does not involve – the Miami Dolphins. Baker it's not us. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, if you want to build the suspense, uh, we actually did have another trade today. Matt Ryan going to the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, Matty Ice getting a new start. You'll love to see it. For a third round pick. Unreal. That's the, the that's Falcons it. just one upgraded at the quarterback position. Every quarter. As you said, it's one round of pick for every quarter he can play. That is an upgrade of the quarterback position. And they got more draft capital in return while doing so. Yeah. So wild. And I, you know, the Falcons picked up Mariota in the aftermath of all this. Yeah. I got it. I love it. I love it. I, I have I've been of the opinion for a minute that Mariota has needed a real legitimate chance to succeed in the NFL. I don't think the system was right for him in Tennessee. I think well, Tennessee went best available and not best fit. He was always behind Derek Carr in Vegas, Oakland. He's going to get a shot now, and I don't know that Atlanta is necessarily the best fit either. But who knows? New new quarterback, maybe they like, hey, let's figure out how we can make it work for him because nothing's working for us right now. Well, speaking of the Tennessee system, uh, Arthur Smith was working with Marcus Mariota in Tennessee uh, with really his best season up there, actually. So hopefully some of that can translate and – I would certainly imagine Mariota being a better fit for an Arthur Smith scheme than Matt Ryan was. But at the same time, yeah, it's probably not a perfect fit for that scheme. We'll see what Mariota is able to do. It He certainly looked good when he was able to play for the Raiders. I and love the, packages, the packages they had him go out in, he looked electric right. as well, right? 
So certainly seems like they're shying away from this quarterback class and at least going to give Mariota a year here, which I'm excited for. Uh, the rest of the NFC South, the Saints just picked up Jameis Winston today because they were also eliminated from the the big-time sweepstakes that we're not talking about yet. We're still building up the suspense. It's, it's, I know it's killing all of you. Um, yeah, Jameis Winston is back in New Orleans. Miami has Teddy Bridgewater. They're going to be – it's quarterback competition down there. Open competition. Two is in second place. And – They're probably going to draft quarterback to Desmond Ritter going to Miami confirmed. <laughs> okay. I think we've held off long enough. Deshaun I mean, unless we want to talk about uh oh, never mind. You ruined it. You ruined it. Deshaun Watson and a twenty twenty four sixth round pick are headed to Cleveland in exchange for Three first-round picks, a third-round pick, and two fourth-round picks. I can't believe they got the three first-round picks they were asking for. That I can't believe they got three first rounds and then some. Let me rephrase. There's something else I can't believe here. Cleveland executes this trade. Baker goes, hey, can I go find a new team? And they go, no. <laughs> I, I will say this. <laughs> what? I don't I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it, but I understand the logic behind it. With all the civil litigation still out against Deshaun Watson, he's been acquitted, whatever, of all criminal charges. Those have all been dropped. He's They were all dropped. He wasn't acquitted. They were all dropped. They were all dropped. However, the NFL could still say, hey, you can't play. I, I have personal opinions about that. But at the end of the day... If and when the NFL does decide they're going to suspend him, because I fully expect it's going to happen, Cleveland, I think, probably feels pretty comfortable with Baker Mayfield on their roster. But at the same time, they obviously got Deshaun Watson because they're ready to move on from Baker Mayfield. Here's some details that it's apparent both of you don't know. So we're getting ready for some tea to be spilt today. Okay, so back. Drink to that. Back about five days ago at this point now, um, it was down to Cleveland, Atlanta, New Orleans. After meeting with the Browns, Deshaun Watson eliminated Cleveland from the competition for the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. At that point, Baker Mayfield said, hey, our relationship's already damaged. Can I seek a trade? The Browns said, no, we don't have anybody else right now. You're all we have. Please stay. We need you. Then they came back to Deshaun Watson and said, hey, you know, actually, we'll give you a fully guaranteed contract. And so he said, okay, shit, why not? And so now Deshaun Watson does get traded to the Cleveland Browns after that discussion with Baker Mayfield, right? So Baker Mayfield is definitely on the market now. And they give Deshaun Watson a fully guaranteed contract with the very weird stipulation that the first year of his new contract, as in this coming season, his base salary is $900,000. 
and he starts getting paid like $30, $40 million a year next season. They are fully prepared. They have protected themselves in the event that he gets suspended for the entirety of 2022. So I'll, I'll throw this out here. I remember that sequence of events, but I hadn't seen any kind of update that the Browns are like, yeah. okay, yeah, we're shopping Baker That's Mayfield just, now. It, yeah. it makes sense, and I absolutely would too. Uh, because you've got to, they're not going to get a first for him, probably right. not going to get a second for him, but you got to right. recoup something in the way of picks I, for Baker Mayfield. I, I think you might get a second out of him because if Matt Matty Ice just went for a third, uh, there's teams that'll throw a second at. at would you Would you Baker. give a second for Jameis Winston? Me, absolutely not. Their stats are extremely comparable, and Jameis Winston I'll, has but, slightly better numbers in less games. But there's there's a perception behind it, right? That's that's the. I'm issue. not what debating the... that. You look at the numbers though, and there is no reason that you should. If you aren't comfortable I, doing that for Jameis Winston, I again. And I, I know it coming off of surgery. Yeah, that's true. And he's yeah. gets I mean, all sorts of weird, like. It, the only thing the only thing I want to correct too, unless you guys have seen something. Deshaun Watson's civil cases have not been dropped. It's only been the criminal charges that were right. dropped. Right, that's that's what we're yeah. saying. The, okay. And I thought you said everything being, was dropped, but no that uh, that is still hanging over. And the NFL never made any statement on discipline for Deshaun Watson, right? Uh the only Which comment I, I think is kind of weird. So says that them not pressing charges is agnostic to their investigation, and that they're still conducting their own. So in other words. What they're saying is, we're probably going to suspend him. I don't know when. They're really well, what, what waiting. They're waiting for the cases. What has also happened in the Browns' quarterback room is they have traded Case Keenum to the Buffalo Bills for a seventh-round pick, and they brought in Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, it's very clear to me that Baker Mayfield is on the move because you now have two quarterbacks with starting experience, and one of them is a clear starter, and one of them is your backup. Right, that is that is pretty clearly defined at this point. You're, why would why in the world would you pay eighteen million dollars for a third string quarterback? Now I know the Texans just did that last year, but at the same time, it's not a really good business model going forward. So <laughs> I'm just I'm honestly surprised the Browns didn't try to keep some some of their picks. I mean, Maybe, if even just the third next year for Baker Mate, like. If they worked him into that deal, that would have made a lot of sense to me. But the Texans didn't want him because they believe in Davis Mills. There's, which, they cannot convince me of that. Uh, well, they're convinced. They've convinced themselves of it. So it is. That's this is why be. they're all going to get fired next year. Well, not again. <laughs> Are you sure? Well, now it would be racist if they did that. So <laughs> now you can't. <laughs> they can fire the GM, though. I mean, that yeah, I'd be okay with. Nick Casario can go. That's fine. <laughs> oh, man. This, what a move. What a weird move. I got to say, too, if they didn't give up the three first-round picks, it's very possible that the Texans would have said no. Like, I know Deshaun Watson said no, but, okay, the Texans still have to agree to it as well. I mean, no, that's fair. What they what I will to say to in order to make sure they actually got him because it was very much looking like he was going to go to the Saints. Yeah, and and what I'll say to this too is, 
Baker Mayfield, obviously still out there on the table. I think he's capable of starting or backing up in the NFL. He Just add him to the list when you look at free agents. He's, obviously, he's not a free agent, but add him to the list of guys that are going to be finding new homes. It's been a crazy ride so far, and we haven't even talked about the unretirement yet in depth. Right. Um, it's been a crazy ride so far, and we are just getting started. There are still plenty of big names out there. I don't think we talked about uh, – we didn't talk about the big trade the Panthers had either, right? They had uh, – Names are I'm losing names right now. They moved two defensive pieces, right? And it was Jeremy Chin was one of them. I can't think of the other one to save my life. But they moved those defensive pieces, both strong on that defense, both cornerstones of that defense, and the best pieces of that defense moving forward. And it looks like they're just like, nope, we're not going to try and build around them. We're going to tear everything down from the bottom up and go complete full rebuild, right? I don't know, man. It's there's there's a lot left to come in this NFL offseason. I think is kind of the uh, the main point I'm trying to make here. Um, that definitely did not happen. I don't know. What you're Jeremy Chin about. didn't get moved. No. no. Did he get resigned? No. Uh, no. They did sign Johnny Hecker though. I I'm, not seeing, nothing I'm not seeing any transactions in terms of trades from the from the Panthers. There have been no transactions. Well, they just erase, erase the last minute and a half from your head. Cool. <laughs> I can do that. Let's talk about the quarterback moves. Because <laughs> um, I was actually going to talk about the Panthers being a possible destination for Baker Mayfield here. Uh, the other obvious one being right. Seattle. But apparently... They're talking up Drew Locke as if they believe in the guy. I mean, good luck that, with that. That's exactly what you do right before you trade him again. Right. Um, it would also make sense to me for the Steelers to be in the Baker Mayfield discussion. I know they just signed Mitch Trubisky, but come on. I, I'm going to take them immediately out of the discussion because they're an in-division opponent. Right. They wouldn't be able to trade for him, but if it comes down to him getting cut for some reason, the Steelers should be on that market. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Mitch Trubisky has a new home. Um, Deshaun Watson, we just talked about. Carson Wentz has a new home. Matt Ryan has a new home. Russell Wilson, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, Jacoby Brissett, Marcus Mariota, Baker Mayfield probably all have new homes. They are all quarterbacks with starting experience. Um, also have a huge extension for Matthew Stafford. We didn't even talk about four years, $160 million. Almost fully guaranteed to like he's probably going to retire with the Rams now. Uh, Kirk Cousins got a one-year extension for thirty-five mil. Aaron Rodgers got fifty million a year. <laughs> Deshaun Watson damn near got fifty mil a year, fully guaranteed. And uh, and Tom Brady's back. Why? Because fuck you. <laughs> the NFL was happy. There were 31 teams out there who were ecstatic. Now the only one that's happy is Bruce Arians. I just, I don't know what changed in the month and a half. I The rumors are, are funny. You saw these gas prices, yeah. dude. 
saw the gas prices, spent two months at home, went, ah, I need to go back. Like, yeah. I hey, just, you try living with Giselle for a month. My dude put up one of the best statistical seasons we've seen in a while at the age of 45. Retired effectively on top, if you ask me, and goes, now nah, I got one more on me. Dude, just. You don't need to retire when you can go into a a fifty five plus community. You you don't have to play that long. I promise you, it's okay. Go rest. You've earned it. There's Tampa nothing Bay else ARP. for him to prove, and that's that's why I don't get. Ultimately, is there's nothing else out there for him to prove. Um, he could win another ring. What, what's that prove? It proves that he could. We all know he can. <laughs> but can he this old? Dude, he almost okay. won MVP. Yeah, if if the requirement is I'm proving to you I can win a ring at this old, he will play forever. I mean, why not? I mean, that's kind of where he's at anyway. I don't want the dude to die on I the think, field. No, I think Doug is right. He spent a couple weeks at home not doing anything with his wife and his kids, and he was like, fuck this. That's exactly it. And all the, you know, all the broadcast spots they're taken up by Drew Brees and dickheads like Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. Uh, you know, Joe Buck. So it's like... Joe Buck yourself. He, he, yeah, he couldn't really get into that, so... I'll go back and play. I still got... He's still got, what, two years on his contract, even? One. I think it's one more. One more. One last ride. Th- this was the extension time. season. We we said that for Aaron Rodgers, too, and look where we're at now, right? Right. I don't know. But you still got to think, too. Technically, it was the last ride for him and Devontae Adams, which is what we said it was. Um, most people were saying it was the last ride for Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. But anyway, uh, it's really interesting, though. There are two obvious teams with needs at quarterbacks still, like – glaring holes right now at quarterback I would say with Seattle and Carolina and there are kind of two quarterbacks probably on the market Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield now we don't know for sure whether those quarterbacks are on the market well we know Jimmy is you don't know for sure I thought the I thought the Niners said they were going to no No. they're very nondescript in everything they've said very 49ers-esque with that uh, but I just got to say, this is, wow, the entire NFL feels loaded at quarterback, and this is probably the best time for that to have happened, because this year's quarterback class is booty trash. So, <laughs> get one through trade or free agency, because you ain't getting one in the draft. That is for sure. This draft is great for everything, but quarterbacks, but, the NFL, yeah, agents, Everybody you ask in the know about this draft class. Wide receivers are a huge one. Running backs are pretty deep as well. A lot of guys on the defense. Quarterbacks, not so much. Yeah, I mean, I would say we've already talked about OBJ potentially not even getting signed right now. Part of that's got to be because there are so many good receivers in this draft class, right? Looking at Carl Nassib not even really getting signed right now. There are so many defensive linemen. So Which many is something we didn't have in the last last draft class at all. Right. 
right? We didn't have depth at almost any position last year. We had a lot of top-end talent at a couple of positions. And so this year we have depth at most positions. It's really interesting to see. And, like, one of the biggest, best examples of this I can think of is just how few cornerbacks were really signed by basically anybody this year. We saw J.C. Jackson get picked up pretty quickly. Of course, he's one of the best corners in the NFL. We saw Tampa Bay bring their young cornerback. Who else really got signed? I mean, Stephon Gilmore still a free agent. Steven Nelson, Bryce Callahan, Janoris Jenkins. Patrick Peterson's still out there. I mean, some names, too. Joe Hayden is still a good corner, even though he's 34, right? Like, these guys aren't signed in a bad cornerback draft class year. They would all already be picked up for sure, at least on one-year deals. None of them are signed yet. I think everybody's waiting to see how the draft plays out because they think they can really get some legitimate talent basically everywhere in this draft. No, I I agree, man. And the thing is, it's not just at corner that this is happening. It is every position. Right. Right. We have a couple of big-name receivers still available out there. I mean, Teron Armstead, you're talking about, hasn't been signed yet, right? Which Leonard, maybe some Leonard of that Fournette is not signed. Maybe some of Teron Armstead has let the market come to me, but at the same time, part of that's got to be there are a couple of really good tackles in this draft class. Why go spend $150 million on Teron Armstead, but I can spend first round pick money on somebody who's just as good? Yep. I got two things completely unrelated. So, okay. peek behind the curtain here. There's, a, there's only three of us uh, running Big Dudes in the Trenches, and I kind of take on the producer role of the uh, video portion, at least, which means all of the messages you see on Facebook and Twitch, like they're all me typing stuff in and me finding other things. Um, and just scrolling through, looking for other little tidbits to kind of add to the show. Um I found that Traquan Smith, there is a uh, game-worn jockstrap up for auction. Um, current bid is $50, and if you're into weird shit like that, What you are can you go search searching for that that came up? Yeah, I was just literally scrolling through. Like, I went to Facebook to go find something else that I had mentioned earlier about uh, Jeremy Chin and the wow. other defensive piece. Just saying, yeah, no, Facebook uses targeted ads, so I don't know what you're searching. I mean, but... if it makes you feel better, right underneath it was something Ninja Turtles related, so obviously, you know. That so just confirms they... to me that you're searching for some weird shit. Foot, football and Ninja Turtles. Uh, no, this was not This was not an ad name aimed at me. Somebody screenshotted it and put it actually in a football world. Okay. Go check okay. that out. Okay, that's fair. That's um, not where I'd expect it to be, yeah. Yeah. But you, right, you asked. You asked me to, uh, I asked you to forget about uh, the Jeremy Chin deal. Yeah. Um, he and this other defensive piece, and I, I closed it after I confirmed that I wasn't crazy. So, you know, shame on me wow. for that. Um, yeah. All right. It's great timing. Uh, anyway, he was involved in a trade package to go to Houston for Deshaun Watson. Obviously, he's not going to be going anywhere anywhere now. Uh, I don't know. I, Jeremy Chin to Cleveland for Baker Mayfield and what's left of their picks almost makes sense. I don't know. That I, secondary is pretty good. Yeah, that I don't... I, be, I, that wouldn't be the piece I would go after if I were the Browns. Right, and I, I said it at the time 
and I'll say it again, I don't know why Carolina would want to offer up some of these defensive pieces that they're very clearly building around on that side of the ball. And even if you don't think that, they are Jeremy Chin, and again, I close it. I'm not going to you know, waste the time and dead air here to look it back up. But the other guy that was mentioned, like they are guys that they're building around. I wouldn't want to move them for a quarterback when there are several other pieces on that offense that they need to fill. However, I'll say this too. If for some reason Houston wanted to try and get Jeremy Chin, I would love to see him playing in a Lovey Smith defense. Oh, oh my God. That's that would fair. be, that would be beautiful. And I think, more than anything, that's why that stuck out in my head in particular. So, did we just have our first on-air nut? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think we did. Close. <laughs> it was fucking close. I'll tell you that much. Woo! Um, it's getting hot over here. Yeah, speaking of those defensive pieces, pieces for the Panthers, Corey Littleton getting signed. Oh, what a big move! Ooh. Damien. That's for Wolf. you, audio listeners. Two years, seven mil. Oh, man, what a contract that was. Yeah, Panthers are really building something here. <laughs> uh, actually, they did re-sign DJ Moore, which is a huge contract that we didn't talk about yet. Three years, $62 million. Uh, yeah, DJ Moore's good, right? If I'm looking at the Panthers, he is the best receiver. He's finally starting to come into what Pan- the Panthers and Panthers fans wanted him to be. Right. Um, they just need more out of him. And and maybe Robbie Anderson will get there as well, right? You know, being the key guy in a Jets offense, I mean, frankly, that's kind of a low bar, and he obviously right. wasn't able to meet expectations of what the Panthers had for him this past year. Then again, was Sam Darnold really able to meet expectations? So Probably not. Um, <laughs> uh, but Robbie Anderson a... not living up to that is probably why they brought in Rashard Higgins, right? Exactly. another Basically, that same kind of receiver. Uh, very interesting receiver group in Carolina now. What a weird tangent that was. Um, so, <laughs> the other big real takeaway from these offseason moves has got to be just how freaking ridiculous that AFC West is now. Uh, with probably, I don't know, the two of the best defensive lines in football in Vegas and the Chargers. And then, I mean, Kansas City is still Kansas City, but Denver has Russell freaking Wilson now. Like, that's that's four really good teams, and I would not be at all surprised if all four of them make the playoffs next year. Yeah, I know, you know, obviously last year was the first year that that was even a possibility. Right. Um, And we thought maybe... The NFC West would be the ones to do it, and the, the Seahawks just completely close. fell off. Very close. It was close, but the Seahawks, you know, their line just... Yeah, and then they re-signed Rashad Penny and cut Bobby Wagner, so they're definitely going to make the playoffs this year. Probably. Probably. That's probably how it'll work out, but I, I, I would not be surprised at all if the entirety of the AFC West made the playoffs this next year and they haven't even had their draft yet. All these teams could still improve the chiefs. If they don't resign Tyron Matthew, they're going to have to do some work, have to make some trades, potentially have to, you know, have a good draft free agent signings, a couple things they could do there, but 
I mean, they did get Justin Reed to kind of fill that kind of role. I would say replacing Tyron Matthew with Justin Reed, you're going to want to add a corner. So yeah. if they haven't done that yet, that would certainly be a good move in the draft. And apparently the NFL certainly believes there are some good corners in this draft. And I have to agree, there are some really good corners in this draft class, basically all around. That They don't even have to trade up for anybody. This is, they can get a couple of really solid corners, just hang tight, right? And that's basically all you need at that point. The Chargers, what else do you even need? I, I don't even know. Maybe another outside linebacker would be experience. cool. The Chargers are literally just building experience away. Yeah. Vegas feels like... Uh, they could use a receiver, even added on to Devontae Adams, right, on the other side of him. Who else do they even have, right? Hunter, Hunter Renfro. Renfro. And Worthless. Darren so, Waller. Yeah, so get a get an actual number two, have Hunter Renfro in the slot, and Devontae Adams is your number one. That'd be terrifying. I mean, it's terrifying as it is on third down. Fair, but if you had another receiver, it can be terrifying on first and second down, too. That's fair. You know? Um, Broncos, they actually are a good defense right now. I wish they would re-sign Bryce Callahan, but I don't think they're going to now. And uh, they could use a couple of pieces. They're probably a couple of pieces away, but Russell Wilson helps that so much. Yeah. It is legitimately insane how much this team improves just with Russell Wilson, right? I mean, we saw it even last year with Teddy Bridgewater compared to Drew Locke. How different that team ran, how different the how you know difference in efficiency in the offense. It's a shame that Teddy Bridgewater's career has been defined by his injuries. I'm I. I don't know that they're a playoff team if Teddy Bridgewater doesn't get injured, but I also don't know if Vaughn Miller leaves if he doesn't get injured because maybe they're in the hunt for that the whole time, right? Right. I don't know that they're not a playoff team if he doesn't get injured, right? Basically what you're saying. So, wow. AFC West is loaded. AFC in general feels pretty loaded, actually, except for the Texans and the Jaguars. So, and the Jets. Yeah. The Jets. I I still can't believe that. I can't believe that Davis Mills is the guy the Texans want to roll with. I'm not. Look, 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 let me roll it back a second here. I know they knew Deshaun Watson was never playing for them again. I get it. Right. I cannot believe Davis Mills is the guy they're putting all their weight behind. I can't believe they weren't wanting to get a little bit of the Baker action. Look, again, Baker might be fool's gold, right? But he's established, and Davis Mills is uh, the next man up. I mean, I got to think what they're trying to do here is the smart play and get a couple of legitimate pieces this year and be garbage again so they can get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. That, that's that's what I'm seeing. It's not that they believe in Davis Mills. It's They're they, saying that they're saying that because that's what teams say. I've never heard a team talk trash about a player that they're planning to start. Right? They have three. They have first-round draft picks for the next three years from Cleveland, right? Yeah. Who yeah. really thinks Archie Manning or Arch Manning's doing four years in college? Show of hands, real quick. Well, yeah, I'm that perfect. Was that good. 
is he going to play for? Is he going to stay in college for four years it, though, or is it, he leaving after a sophomore? I don't know. I don't know if he's going to start first. There's years. no way they're playing that long of a game. They're they're holding out for Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. I 100. I mean, yes, probably, but I would. I mean, if that somehow doesn't work out, you've still got all these first-round draft picks you can flip into that, right? And obviously diminishing numbers there, but you're still going to have two first-round draft picks for the next three years. But you don't because because Arch Manning is only going to be a senior in high school this year. So their picks run out. So you have them for two drafts. So basically you're looking at one draft where you have two first-round draft picks. I get it. I get that it's a risky long game, but the Texans are retarded. That that would be one of the most – most asinine plans I've ever heard of in my life. And if they actually tried to do that, they, they let Bill O'Brien trade DeAndre Hopkins for a bunch of deflated footballs. And it took them the rest of the season to fire him. I understand that, but they did fire him. So I don't think they're, it wasn't, it wasn't four years worth. It wasn't, Hey, this move happened here, but, but that's the thing. That's my point. That was right in their face, and they still let him keep his job for a year. This is a sneaky long game maybe okay. not everybody's clued into. Okay, you're acting like this is some 5D chess, and I'm telling you the Texans don't know how to play regular chess. The Texans, the Texans don't playing... know how to play checkers. No, the so Texans are looking at the checkered checkers. board going, why is this plate designed weird? Like, Dude, they are playing Candyland right now. They are not keeping up with anybody. And they can't this even is... count the number right that they roll. Dude, they're trying to understand dominoes. Yeah, let's, I... Let's forget so, the 70-year chess strategy. I get what you're saying, but the issue is they run out of picks before Arch is even eligible for the draft. Like, they just run out of picks entirely. Um... You know, they get the It'd new ones really for that cool year, but I, I just I don't foresee them trading all of these picks they just acquired yeah. for something in two or three something in four years, hoping that maybe that quarterback actually panned out in college. This is a CJ Strider or Bryce Young play. I can assume that with the Steelers putting all of their weight behind Mitch Trubisky, it's it's the same type of move. I think you're probably right. I just I trust the Houston Texans that little. Um, no, it sounds like you trust them a lot. Folsom's yeah, big brain shenanigans. Yeah, you're you're talking about it's, it's not talking, big brain though. That's the problem. No, no, you're talking about right, the Texans it, are building draft picks like EA builds a game that it ends up being so broken that it works <laughs> properly. Yeah, never works. Madden out. does not work properly. I promise you that. I'm talking about the other clip you sent me true. the other day. Anyway, let's stop talking about Arch Manning draft strategies. Let's talk about some things that actually matter. I'm talking about bracket time <laughs> because that totally matters and is a real-world skill that everyone needs to appreciate and get on board with. That's, that's what I have to say about that. Whoa. So we are still in the middle of our it NFL MVPs. Brackets. We are into it the second round now. We've gone through four regions of some great matchups already. More matchups today. What else could we We're going to keep doing this basically We're up until so the end of all draft. You. Hasn't since and your votes on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. 
have certainly helped. I almost signed it up. And your serenading has also helped. <laughs> I tried to time it up better than I did. Anyway, we have eight matchups today. Let's go ahead and start diving into these. First up, we have 2010 Tom Brady up against 1980 Brian Sipe. And uh, this was a sweep, our only sweep of the weekend. Tom Brady took this one very handily. Uh, what do you guys say? It's not peak Tom Brady, but when I'm looking at the stats, it's it's hard for me to go with Brian Slipe here. He has more yards, sure, but less touchdowns, more interceptions, and a worse completion percentage. I'll take yards and efficiency uh, over pure yards. I'm going to go Brady. I'm not saying our opinion doesn't matter. Uh, but wasn't Tom Brady unanimous in 2010? Yes. And unanimous. So, you know, peak, uh, peak Tom Brady. I don't know that I completely disagree with it. I get your point here. But um, this is peak season in the eyes of the NFL MVP voter. I almost said Hall of Fame voter. MVP voter. Um, yeah, Brian Seif really doesn't stand a chance there. Sad to see him go, honestly. Uh, cardiac kid. Well, it's because awesome, awesome Browns teams, honestly. It I'm hurts because that. half your heart still belongs to Cleveland. Well, no, half of this heart belongs to Baltimore now. Can y'all just stop shooting that? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like Brian Sype. Am I allowed to like Brian Sype or not? Jeez. I like Kurt Warner, too, who's one of our next guys we're going to be talking about. 2001, Kurt Warner. Going up against a different instance of Tom Brady here in 2017, Tom Brady. Uh, Kurt Warner took this one very narrowly, very narrowly on the social media polls. Uh, what do you guys say? While Tom Brady might have bested Kurt Warner in that Super Bowl. 2001. Uh, more yards. More touchdowns, less interceptions, almost the nicest completion percentage you can have, also higher than Tom Brady's. This this hits all the boxes. This could be a Kurt Warner here. Hey, you know, I mean, part of the Patriots, part of what made them special is that they never had a named unit, right? You know, you, you talk about all these, these big – you know, amazing runs teams had. I think the only other the only other team that I can really think of that falls into this category is the 49ers under Joe Montana and Steve Young, where they never had a named unit. So there there is something to be said about just the efficiency that the Patriots were running with through the early two thousands into the twenty teens. Uh, but that being said, the greatest show on turf. This was kind of their swan song. Unfortunately they didn't get a Super Bowl done. Uh, in this season, they didn't get that victory, but Kurt Warner was absolutely electric, and he led that offense with such efficiency after being in it for three years. Uh, I, I I can't go with Tom Brady in this instance here. I thought you were going to make some reference to the no-name defense, Tug, and I was about to say that literally was their name. No. So. <laughs> I, saw, I saw you shuffling around too, so. Nope. Yeah. Um, Tom Brady 
will be facing Kurt Warner once again the next time we see this division, just a different year, Tom Brady. So uh, to see how that you're not out of the woods yet. A younger Warner, Tom Brady. Right. Uh, but our next matchup here, Joe Montana in 1989 up against 1986, Lawrence Taylor. Now, I believe this one was pretty dang close as well. But Joe Montana pulled it out on social media. What do you guys think? I really want to go Lawrence Taylor here. I don't have any real justification for it other than he had a fantastic season. But Joe Montana did too. I don't know how Ben's going to vote here. I'm going to go with who I like more. I'm going to go with Lawrence Taylor. I'm glad you went with Lawrence Taylor because now we're going to get Doug involved because I'm also going with Lawrence Taylor. I will say I was a little conflicted because I just don't feel like, you know, we're paying all the due respect to Joe Montana in this uh, this debate here. Um, there definitely was a bridge that Joe Montana, I think, was a part of, and the West Coast offense kind of facilitated that. His numbers do resemble a lot more of what we've grown, to the, grown accustomed to in the 2000s, and especially in the current state of the game. But with that being said, just what Lawrence Taylor was able to do throughout his career, and I guess, you know, if you want to look at it as the culmination of all of it in his 1986 season when he won the the MVP, um, frankly, he probably could have won one or two more. But at the same time, defensive players don't win the MVP, right? So John Montana had a great season. I just think it's tough to knock off Lawrence Taylor with that production. Man. Man, bringing me in for this one, huh? Bringing you in early, man. Got to get you warmed up. You should have known it was going this way when you saw the social media. I should have known. I definitely should have known. Here's my problem. Um... Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor is great. Um, Lawrence Taylor was was really good. However, I really I really feel like Joe Montana kind of changed the way we talk about quarterbacks in a way that Lawrence Taylor kind of couldn't change the way we talked about defensive players. And part of that's not his fault, right? I mean, his extreme talent was such that it's hard to compare him to anyone else. I would would feel really bad. I feel really bad knocking Joe Montana out of this. I... I understand that, but I would raise you that, I mean, Lawrence Taylor kind of ended somebody's career and uh, made left tackle the second most important position on an NFL roster because of what he was able to do. So, you know, I I alluded to it, and I think that's what you're getting at. You know, Montana was kind of a bridge quarterback, being in that West Coast-style offense and putting up these numbers. Teams really started to see the benefit of passing the ball and having an efficient passer under center. 
I would also argue that while teams definitely saw the advantage of having a guy like Lawrence Taylor, he's more one in a million than a quarterback like Joe Montana, right? What isn't one in a million or what is even more one in a million, however you want to look at it, is having that left tackle that can make sure a guy like Lawrence Taylor isn't just getting a free shot at the back of your quarterback every single play. Man. It is. I don't envy your position, um, <laughs> but I am trying to at least provide points to to show you a little bit more of how I got to where I'm at. Lawrence Taylor's moving on. <laughs> Boom. Twitter, right. Instagram, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll also take this time to uh, shout out the fact that Facebook, for whatever reason, the poll is still not working on there. Um, I'm going to continue to look into it. I apologize. I will I will do my best to get it resolved. Amazingly, that knocks out Joe Montana out of our entire bracket. Um, I will also Whoa, say... This- it is bracket. <laughs> it is probably not Joe Montana's best season. It's probably the best season for the 49ers with Joe Montana, which is a very different kind of conversation. So, Lawrence Taylor moving on. I mean, maybe there's a little bit of uh, defensive player winning the MVP bias, but also 20 and a half sacks is pretty incredible. I I only have one. That was, I was going to say, that was the record. God damn it. That was the record. (laughs) That was the record until, uh, was it? It wasn't JPP, was it? No, it was Michael Strahan, and he was yeah. gifted his last one. Okay, yeah. I, I'm sitting TJ, there going, TJ okay. Watt, TJ Watt actually earned it, so I will no longer proclaim that Lawrence Taylor is the the sack record holder. TJ Watt earned every single one of his sacks. In my defense, there were three Giants that I went with, and I picked the wrong one. Okay, I'm sorry. JPP is on the Bucks now, so now but he was on he... the Giants. His best season yes. were on the Giants. I understand that, but I'm saying he doesn't count as a giant anymore. That's bull. I, I, I get where he was coming from. Giant. I get where he was coming from. I often won't defend Tug in these situations, but I do. Max. I'll defend him here. I get where he was coming from here. Fine. Jeez. Yes. I, <laughs> I know he was a giant. Golly. Good. We're moving on to the next one. Get me out of here. I don't want to. I don't want to look at Joe Montana anymore. I feel so bad about knocking him out of here. So, Walter Payton, O.J. Simpson, uh, 1977, uh, up against 1973. Very similar styles of running, very similar eras. Um, probably about one of the most even matchups we have in this entire bracket, honestly. Walter Payton, O.J. Simpson. Um, social media did give this one to Walter Payton. And I think we know which way Bug is voting. But let's see, Bug. Bug, are you having any to go for OJ? Uh, OJ had more yards and more yards per carry, and that's awesome. Yes. Um, however, both teams finished nine and five. Uh, both teams were second place in their respectful, respective, respectful. They were second place in their division. Um, I will say though. 
Bills didn't really have the success that everybody thinks of until a little bit later. And it's not even, it's measurable success for sure, but never winning it uh, is kind of brutal. And I'm not really, I'm not trying to factor that into my decision here. What I am going to factor in here, though, is that the Bears were able to start building around Walter Payton on both sides of the ball, uh, realizing what they had in Walter Payton and uh, OJ Simpson, the, the Bills, frankly, just, I don't know. They they made a Super Bowl, weren't able to win it, and I just I don't know that they ever were able to really re were ever able to fully build around OJ Simpson the way the Bears were. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm off base with that. There's probably some bias in there, I'll admit it, but yeah, I'm not gonna vote for OJ Simpson. Sorry. Did the Bills make a Super Bowl with OJ? They did. And that's that is widely why people blame the uh uh, blame the Bills for the rise of the Kardashians because they they did not win the Super Bowl with O.J. Simpson and then uh, O.J. allegedly killed his wife. He's been acquitted. And uh, his lawyer was Robert Kardashian, I think. Yeah. I don't know. So, yep. I didn't think they made the Super Bowl with him. I, I, the rest of that story, I know, and it's true. Does that um, even matter? To how you're gonna vote here? No, I, I mean I'm voting OJ because more Just yards, more right? yards per carry, uh, and then to me the touchdowns to fumbles even out with their differences because it's minus four in touchdowns and minus four on it on fumbles. I was going OJ mostly one because I don't think he should get swept, and I knew where Ben was voting, uh, but also I legitimately think he had a better season and would be a better MVP in that situation. I. Agree with you that he should not get swept. I think if both of these guys had the same exact seasons in the same year, OJ probably would have won the MVP. But also, that's not how it works. So, alternating moving on. <laughs> I will say that 11 fumbles is really going to hurt him moving forward. That's going to start catching up to him. I agree. Uh, I agree. But for right now, Peyton is still moving on. And we you know he's going to be facing uh, Lawrence Taylor in the next round. Wild. What a, what a time we live in. Anyway, <laughs> next matchup of the day, two Denver Broncos. That is gross. I hate that sentence that I just said because one of the Denver Broncos we're talking about is Peyton Manning. Um, always going to be a Colt to me. I know he won the Super Bowl in Denver. And... People show pictures of him in orange all the time. I see him as a Colt forever. He won a Super Bowl in Indianapolis, too, so I don't... Um, Also, up against Terrell Davis, who... Is a Bronco. was phenomenal for, like, six years, and then just retired like a beast. (laughs) Pulled the old Barry Sanders, except he actually played for a good team. Well, Barry Sanders played a lot longer than people give him credit for. Uh, Terrell Davis had like half the career that Barry Sanders did, actually. So 2013, Peyton Manning. 1998, Terrell Davis. Uh, Social media did go with Peyton Manning. And what do you guys think? I feel bad for Terrell Davis. Fantastic season. Stats are 
unbelievable. 2,000 yards, 23 touchdowns with only two, uh, two fumbles. Those are insane stats. Unfortunately, he ran up against Pete Peyton Manning. And that's that's a brutal one. Yeah. Just under 5,500 yards, 55 touchdowns, 10 interceptions to that. So you're talking a 5.5 to 1 touchdown interception ratio and a 68.3% completion percentage. Both of them Super Bowl champions. Terrell Davis had one more win in the regular season. Ah, I, I'm going Peyton Manning here. Um, so we've had this conversation before about how, uh, you know, why we won't have another outdoor cold weather Super Bowl. And I don't want to rehash that argument. I get your point, Doug, 100%. But I firmly believe that Peyton Manning's inefficient in the cold weather is why, is a big reason why we won't have a, another cold weather outdoor Super Bowl. And that was this year in 2013. The game was up at MetLife. It was snowing. It was awesome. And it'll never happen again. Add to it that I just like Terrell Davis better. Um, I'm going with Terrell Davis. I'll also throw in here, I do not agree with how social media went at all. I do not think Peyton Manning should win by the margin he did. I agree with you. It's peak Peyton Manning. Uh, this w award has become too quarterback-centric for my liking. I think for all of our liking as well. Uh, so I'm absolutely not going to let a quarterback sweep a running back in this round. I mean, and Terrell okay. Davis does deserve to get swept anyway. Right. He didn't get swept on social media. There was only one sweep on our polls this week, and that was Tom Brady over Brian Sykes. So you can relax. It's okay. Uh, there I was one sweep, but he was still dominated by Peyton Manning. Fair, but also he well, Peyton Manning set multiple records single-season quarterback records in 2013. Yeah. So it's not like... All, all because you don't like Peyton Manning for whatever reason doesn't mean that you get to bullshit me and tell me that he didn't have a great season in 2013. I'd never said he oh. didn't have a great season. Well, you're acting like he didn't. Get over yourself, dude. Come on now. <laughs> uh, yes, Terrell Davis had a fantastic season and did not get deservedly swept. So I... I understand what you're saying. At the same time, you said it so snarkily, I had to come back at you. Uh, next matchup here, the most disparate matchup we ever could have asked for. Uh, these two teams. Is there any doubt are... on this one? Do we need to? Do we need I'll to tell you right now. I'm voting Patty Mahomes. Yeah. So yeah, social media I mean... went Patrick Mahomes. Tug went Patrick Mahomes. Um, everyone that you have ever it's... met in your life had voted for Patrick Mahomes in this one. Um, I will say it's pretty cool that the Chiefs are getting retribution on Bart Starr for winning that Super Bowl in 1966. Uh, you know, it only took that yeah. yeah, it, it took what uh, 50. I'm not doing that math. It took a while, but they finally got it back. So uh, you know, congrats yeah. to Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs. I also find it hilarious, and the year that Patrick Mahomes won MVP, they didn't even make the Super Bowl, so. <laughs> Right. <laughs> 56, by the way. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, math mathematician. You're normally the one messing the math up, so I don't know how much right. I trust it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to decide to trust it right now. I bet he pulled out a calculator or Google. I did not. <laughs> okay. He, not he, had to take his, he had to take his, his shoes off so he could count on his toes. No, that would hurt right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, actually, let's go back to that for a second because I do want to say okay. – 
1966, this is one of the best quarterback seasons you could have ever dreamed of. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Almost 2,300 yards, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. This was an era where you were, if you were throwing 14 touchdowns, you were probably throwing 14, 15 picks. He threw three, right? This was, as crazy as it is, the Packers have a stupid, great history of quarterbacks where they go from one of the most efficient quarterbacks of the 60s, one of the most efficient quarterbacks of the 2010s and 2020s. I mean, this is, yeah, they have some amazing history. There were some real fucking stinkers between him and Brett Favre, though. And Brett Favre I mean, was a fucking Hail Mary. Maybe this works, maybe it doesn't, but they can't have him in Atlanta anymore. I just love your face when Doug still. started saying that. The faces you made were fantastic. It's, that it's alone is disgusting. the production value you need. It is disgusting. And also, Patrick Holmes threw 12 picks, so I'm voting Bart Star. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, the running back that Tug can't remember the name of uh, ah. against Steve Young. <laughs> there it is. I found it. There he is. <laughs> uh, Houston Oiler for life, Earl Campbell, in 1979. Up against 1994, Steve Young. I believe this is the last remaining Steve Young we have in the bracket. Well, let me just double check that. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, he won two MVPs, but this is the last time we'll see him if Earl Campbell takes him out. Now, social media did go with Earl Campbell. Uh, what do you guys think? I don't know if I can rob the Niners twice in one day. You also know I don't give a shit about consistency. Steve Young's passing yards end in 69, so he's getting my vote. I, I made this whole There's point all, about running backs earlier. Forget hey, all of that. Hey, right hey, now it's hey, Steve hey, Young. Look at, look at the rushing yards for Earl Campbell. 169.7. Yeah, it ruined, it's ruined there. If he had wow. 4.20... Yards per carry, and maybe maybe there's a conversation. Maybe there's some consternation over here. But um, six point nine yeah, yards per carry, forty two touchdowns. Honestly, I'm glad you're drawing my eyes to that stat, the yards per carry, because I was looking at that. But when you break it down for an NFL, four point six is slightly above average, but it's not the five point five, six point that we've been seeing throughout this bracket for MVP running backs. Man, Doug, I might be bringing you in on this one, too, because I'm, I'm leading Steve Young here, man. Wow, y'all a bunch of haters today. I Dude, I like Earl Campbell. I want to push Earl Campbell on, but I, I can't because I do like to be consistent, and I I think Steve Young legitimately had a more MVP-worthy season. <laughs> I'll throw in here uh, with me not caring about my own consistency. If I did, if I did care about consistency – I probably still go with Steve Young. I mean, yeah, I was having a very hard time not pushing on uh, Joe Montana for a lot of the similar reasons why I want to push on Steve Young too. I mean, over seventy percent completion percentage—that's in that era—is even today. Even that's today, difficult. yeah. I mean, what you're and saying, I, I think, what you're, you're both saying is true that Earl Campbell did not have that impressive of a season necessarily compared to some of the other seasons we've seen. But man, this is, 
I hate knocking out Earl Campbell here. I really do. Steve Young had the better season. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, and that's the other thing too is like everything I said about running backs earlier. I do, and how the MVP is a quarterback award now. That still holds. I do still believe that. Um, but I think Earl Campbell's one of those guys that has the name, right? We've talked about a few of them. When you talk about best running back ever, Jim Brown, who we are not, is, is not in a matchup this week. He's always near the top of the list because he's, his name's Jim Brown. Earl Campbell's always on the top of that list because it's Earl Campbell. Walter Payton, O.J. Simpson, uh, Barry Sanders, like those five guys, Terrell Davis kind of ends up in the mix. I'm probably missing one or two. When you look at some of these classic old school running backs, they always end up near the top of those conversations. Guys like Ladainian Tomlinson and Sean Alexander, and even Priest Holmes, who did not win a uh, an MVP award that I think should be in that conversation, often get overlooked because they're not these old school. When the game was, if you get half an inch, it was a you know reason to celebrate. All that to say. I think Steve Young played a lot bigger part in changing the game as well on top of winning the MVP for the 90, 1994 season and going on to win the Super Bowl. So there's a lot that goes into this. Yeah, consistency is important, but also it's can't go can't go with traditional thinking every single time either. Can I just say, if half an inch were still reason to celebrate, I would be doing much better in my love life. Oh my god. <laughs> Did that just happen? Yeah, we're moving on. We've been going for too fucking long is what the issue is. Uh, this is Bug's favorite team, the Green Bay Packers, and quarterback Brett Favre in 1996 up against 2004 Peyton Manning here in our last matchup of the day. Now, I believe this one was relatively close again um, on social media, but Brett Favre did end up winning. We'll hand it off to you guys. What do you think? So when I was looking at this, I believe, and I'm confirming this now, Peyton Manning won 3-1 to one on Twitter. Um, got no love on Instagram, and Brett Favre went 3-0 on, on Instagram. I came into this very ready to not move from voting for Brett Favre just so we could stick out with him another week and be a thorn in Ben's side. But I'm looking at these stats. It's, you got to go Peyton here. He's got almost 700 more yards, 10 more touchdowns, three less interceptions, and almost an eight-point higher per completion percentage. This is a Peyton Manning week. This was peak Peyton Manning before 2013. I'm going Peyton Manning. So this is something we didn't really define either. I know we've both kind of, I say both, all three of us kind of brought in the team's finishes, right? Um, Man. Peyton Manning had a fantastic regular season. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, he probably threw a lot of balls to Marvin Harrison. 96, I couldn't tell you who was on uh, on Green Bay. Bubba Frank's there. Maybe. He might be the only one I would know. I mean, I was three, so. Uh, as far as my memory of the, uh, the NFL Donald Driver at that might have time is probably pretty minimal. Bubba Franks was not there in 96. I guess it's kind of irrelevant, um, right? Don Beebe. Obviously. Andre Risen was there. Donald Wow. Yeah, right. Marvin Harrison's not in the Hall of Fame. He should be without this conversation. He should have gone in with Peyton. Different, different conversation. Yeah. My whole point here is that offense was made for Peyton Manning to succeed. And I think the Packers had a good offense. Obviously, they had a good team in general. They won the Super Bowl that year. I mean, honestly, this was probably the start of the peak this was of the, the Colts offense. Right? The, we were the issue. Peyton Manning, Edron James, Marvin this... Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Brandon Stokely, Dallas Clark. I mean, this is... But they ran into the GOAT this in was... the playoffs. In right. Foxborough. This was peak Brett Favre, too, though. That's the right. problem. This is this is where Brett Favre became Brett Favre. When I'm looking at the numbers, I'll be, like there's no way you can go with anybody but Peyton Manning. The only thing Favre has over him is record and then season finish, right? I kind of want to just shut this I just off realized how... I'm go with Peyton Manning. I, I'm kind of surprised. We just gave Ben his worst nightmare of a Packer versus a Tennessee Vol. Oh, this is watching him struggle. It took me this long to realize why he was struggling so hard, but watching it, this is worth it. Absolutely worth it. This is like asking me to pick my favorite between like Desmond Howard and I don't even want to name another one. Um, Cole Hutchinson. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> sure. Aiden Hutchinson. That wasn't even going to correct it because I don't want to. Um, all right. Yeah, Aiden Here's... Hutchinson. You're right. Say his name. Say his name, Doug. Say it with your mouth. <laughs> so you, so you both picked Peyton Manning, right? Yeah. So Here's Doug my thinking. Have to vote. Oh no, he does. Never mind. My bad. Here's my uh-huh. thinking. I don't know that Peyton Manning in 2004 was good enough yet to carry this team on his own without that offense being as freaking stacked as it was. And looking at the offense of the Green Bay Packers, it is not anywhere near as loaded with talent as this Colts team. And for them to have similar enough stats here and to have a better record and a better result on the season, I would say Brett Favre was a bigger piece of this team than Peyton Manning was to the 2004 Colts. That sounds ridiculous looking at the stats, but I think it's probably true that the Packers relied on Brett Favre more than the Colts relied on the specific individual talent of Peyton Manning. I wish, I wish we had a stat of air yards that was calculated and commonly found, because I would put money that Brett Favre has significantly more air yards. Right. Right. I would bet that, too. I... Would almost guarantee it. There's a yeah, lot of that's... yak here going into Peyton Manning's yeah. numbers. So I'm kind of leaning Brett Favre here. And 
If thank you, you guys... for not making me say it and keeping my conscience clean about Brett Favre <laughs> moving on, because I won't say it, but I think he made okay. the right call there. So, so Ben actually voted for Brett Favre too. <laughs> Just we're putting that on the no, record. Nope. Yeah, on on the record, I voted for Peyton Manning. Nope, on the record, I voted for Peyton Manning. It just did not feel right. It was it was one hundred percent a lesser of two evils decision. Like I don't want my stomach to hurt tomorrow, but I can either have Taco Bell or Taco John's. So you know, it was was that decision there. (laughs) Because he doesn't want his stomach to hurt tomorrow. (laughs) Because I couldn't. Because I couldn't vote for both of them. Really, I mean that's all I came down to. I guess I could have. You kind of did. Shucking that responsibility. So I'm gonna throw this one to Doug. I'm going with Peyton Manning. Oh, thank God you went with Brett Favre, man. I need to keep my. (laughs) So you kind of did vote for both. Anyway, that does it for our matchups today. Uh, Very wild ride. I know we contradicted our social media polls twice. Brutal. Uh, but I think it was warranted both times. And if you heard our conversation, I hope that you will agree. Um, make sure you keep voting, though, because it really does help us a lot. And it kind of keeps us on track and in touch with what you guys want to want to see and what, what you guys are thinking. Uh, if you're in the Twitch chat, you can vote live. Feel free. Type it in Twitch. Uh, if you're watching us anywhere else while we're doing this live, feel free. Um, if you sign up on our Patreon patreon.com slash football. your vote can be the only one that matters. I mean, I'm totally cool with that. I'll sell my soul for five bucks on Patreon. You, um, can, you can ruin my week every week by moving on Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. We, we are... I'll allow like it you, if you pay me enough. Refs. We accept bribes. Um, or we can go back and reverse the decision if you actually give us money to do so. I, mean, I am going to put all that all at like... Well, that is a $25... Right. right. But it would totally happen still. So we could make a final four out of all Brett Favre's. We can invent a new MVP award for Brett Favre for Brett Favre's. Why not? Watch ben cry. Give us, give Let's us talk about next week's fight. matchups before I before I <laughs> Yeah. Next week. All I'm saying is there's a bunch of ways to reach us and talk to us about bracket time. We love talking about it. So, scrolling across the bottom all day. Uh, next week's matchups, make sure to watch out for these on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All those links are scrolling on the bottom of the screen, like he said. Also, will be in the description if you're listening to this as a podcast. Uh, next week, our matchups will be Lamar Jackson in 2019 up against 1959 Johnny Unitas. Could we nice. get any more different on that? Um, technically, we could, but I don't know that we do. How's that for an answer? Um, I love the non-answer answer. answer. Two two more face masks coming in. Yeah, no. Y.A. Tittle in 1963 up against 1965 Jim Brown. The last MVP for Jim Brown here. Yeah, love those face masks. Next up is a couple of those big-time running backs. That we'd love to talk about. Ladanian Tomlinson in 2006 up against 2000 Marshall Falk. That'll be a fun one. Two teams that share the same stadium now. 
basically pure rusher against all-purpose back. Like, wow, what a what a conversation that'll end up being. Uh, another Ram versus the greatest show on turf, right? Uh, another Ram in our next matchup, uh, 1999 Kurt Warner up against, at the time, a record setter, Sean Alexander, 2005. This, this region is full of good running backs. What can I say? So the greatest uh, show on turf versus the record setter, part two. I was waiting for you to make some Lamar Jackson joke there, Tug, when I said running backs in this region. Yeah. But, also would have been mad at you. You so guys have time, yelled at so. me to stop that, and I have. It's good. I like it. I just figured you would still. Uh, 2007, Tom Brady. Up against 1958, Jim Brown here. Another very disparate year matchup. Um, but not our biggest not our biggest separation. That 2019 and 1959 still bigger. Uh, Brett Favre, 1995, going up against John Brody, the oft-overlooked 49ers quarterback from 1970. Another Packer up next, 2020, 2020, Aaron Rodgers, up against 1991, Thurman Thomas. Our only instance of Aaron Rodgers that made it out of the first round, which, wow. But also... Probably valid. Um, and the last matchup next week will be Fran the Man, Tarkenton, 1975, up against 1997, Barry Sanders. Very interesting kind of matchup oh, there. There we go. Uh, NFC North matchup. At the time, NFC Central matchup, technically. Yeah. North, Central, same, same, but different, right? Same, same. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a pretty interesting mass matchup, if you ask me. I think all of those will be. So make sure you stay tuned on all of our social medias, and make sure you vote in those polls. Um, I think that's about all we got. It's been a nice, long, great time, and I'm out of things to say. Finally, about time. I <laughs> took you long enough. Right, I'm, I'm worried we're going to have a shit ton of moves and stuff to talk about next week too, and uh, I'm not worried. I'm excited. Oh man, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, before we go though, we've we've mentioned that they're across the bottom. We mentioned that uh, you'll see them. You'll see our links all in the. Uh, in the description of the podcast, but I know when I listen to podcasts, rarely do I ever go check out the description. So I'm going to shout them out here. Patreon.com backslash BDT football. You can donate money, uh, unlock tiers. We're working on some of the other tiers right now. Uh, trench ratings. They're there in the, the first tier, but you know, there's no college football going on right now. So we're working on getting you something else. Twitter. And uh, it's going to be at, upgraded. BDT trench ratings can be upgraded necessarily because we're adding a team to the FBS. 131 teams now. So more bang for your buck. There you go. On that Patreon. Uh, Twitter.com <laughs> backslash BDT football. Or if you're on Twitter, just search at BDT football. Facebook.com backslash BDT football. 
and Instagram.com is DDT underscore football. Those are the three places you can vote. Right now, we are working through some issues on Facebook. Don't worry. I promise you we will get them fixed as soon as possible. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, please go over to twitch.tv backslash big dudes in the trenches. All one word. We are live there as well as Facebook. Uh, however, that might change here in the future. So make sure you get set up on Twitch. Get the notifications on. Give us a follow. That way you'll always know when we're going live, whether it's doing this, playing Mutant Football League, Madden, whatever the case may be. And, of course, we have our own website, bdtfootball.com. You can email us there, mailbox at bdtfootball.com. If you think you're not going to be able to join us live, you can still get your question in that way. Uh, Doug, didn't you just have an article go up on uh, bdtfootball.com as well? Yes, I did. I put out some position rankings for the 2022 NFL Draft. So, whereas most media companies put out like a top 10 at each position, I just put out everybody who I think is draftable, worth taking at each position, um, which ended up with like 24 receivers and four fullbacks and seven quarterbacks, have them in rank order, worth checking out, recommend it. And with that, uh, I do have... I do have a question for you guys. Ready for this? Probably I not. Know. I don't know if I am or not, but we'll see. Why did the man fall down the well? Because he couldn't see that well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is clear all the time we have this throw today. Thank you for listening. And just remember, you can't win a game.